In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Welcome to the Daily Memphian Tigers podcast. I'm Jonah Jordan, the Memphis Tigers football beat reporter. And today I'm joined by Drew Hill, who covers basketball around these parts. How are you doing today, Drew? I'm doing great. Doing great? Yeah. I think the people who are listening to this podcast are going to be doing even better. Oh, why? Tell me why. Because next week, anybody who listens to this podcast can find out how to win tickets to the Memphis Tigers versus Navy game on September 26th. Am I eligible to win tickets? No, you're going to be there with me. It's a Thursday night game. Dang. On ESPN. Big game. I mean, I, I recall last year it was a pretty dramatic game, and I think there's a little revenge action on the way, so... I think Memphis wins that game. Memphis should have won that game, but yes, generally Navy's a huge game. I mean, Memphis could be going to that game 3-0 after the bye week, and I mean, Navy's ended some undefeated seasons for Memphis. It's usually a tough game. Um, I think they beat them the last time they were in the Liberty Bowl, but again, listen next week. We're doing a little giveaway on the podcast. You can get that information here, but today we're here to talk about Memphis versus Southern. You're there. You're there with me. You're there next to me. What would you think? I uh, to be. Do you want me to be perfectly honest, or do you we're want me to talk honesty. like this is a podcast? We're all, all about right, honesty. Okay, if we're all about honesty, the reality is I didn't. I didn't get hardly anything out of it at all. I don't think that there was much to take away from it, other than maybe Memphis's defense looked a little bit vulnerable trying to guard the triple option a little bit. It wasn't even the triple nice option. Well, whatever it was, that style of offense, it's a little different than usual. They looked a little bit vulnerable. They figured it out by the end of the game. Brady made a couple decent throws. Couple the the backs looked good. Kenny Gainwell looked good again. But they're playing Southern. You expect them to win. They beat them pretty good. They allowed uh, 15 yards in the second half. Exactly. I mean, it just. What do I take away from that? I don't think there's much to take away from it. And I agree. Maybe with you. maybe that's a pessimistic well, pessimistic take, but that's how I feel. I took away one or two things, but I generally agree with you that. That game is not a big indicator for who the Tigers are or who the Tigers will be. But I thought that it was a good showing by the offense. Brady definitely looked better. The offensive line looked better. I think the offensive line only had really one bad play where Brian Thomas was in there and he misses a block on the left side. Guy comes around and smacks Brady White and takes the fumble down for a touchdown. What I did take away was that from that day, from Saturday, is that Ole Miss beat Arkansas 31-17. to and their defense looked stout. I don't know if that was because Arkansas was is kind of down, not as good as they were previously, and like even last year. They Outside of Tennessee, those are probably the two worst teams in the SEC. I think Vanderbilt's probably up there, but I think Ole Miss's defense still looked better, and I think that Memphis's offense looking like it looked. Plus, Ole Miss's defense looked better. Maybe that may mean that Week One was an aberration. Maybe that Week One's. Memphis Tiger offense wasn't what we're going to see for the rest of the season. I don't think that I don't think that we're going to see that again, mainly because Memphis won't play those athletes, but also because maybe Ole Miss's defense is good. No, I think I think Ole Miss 
has a decent defense. I think when it, we're going to see just how good that defense is once the regular season or once SEC play really starts for them. They're not playing terrible Arkansas because uh, they are going to. There will be games where they lose fifty yeah. to three. So just call, I mean, oh it's gosh. just it's it, like look. I know it's pessimistic. It's a pessimistic take. There's nothing really that I took away from this weekend. I don't care what Ole Miss did against Arkansas, to be honest. Oh. Memphis won that game. It's over. They moved on from that. Uh, it's now about the next opponent, South Alabama, and you do worry a little bit, I think, about sleepwalking into this one. Do you get that sense that they're trying to avoid that? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but I'm going to break – I just – you just want to see Ole Miss play Alabama. That's all you're talking about. That, I'm going to get through all your speak, your SEC speak. You just want to see Ole Miss I play just, Alabama. No, it's not even Alabama. Like when Ole Miss, they they're going to have to go through the gauntlet. They're going to play That's LSU. True. They're going to get killed. They're going to play Alabama. They're going to get killed. <laughs> they're going to play Auburn. They're probably going to get killed. Like I, I just okay. If we're we'll being move honest, on. they're going to lose a lot of games yeah. this year. We'll move on. But South Alabama, yeah, Memphis did something interesting today. Where you know you've been to practice, they have those huge speakers and they're blaring music at all times. Uh, they create a loud environment for their players to get used to, and they took those away today. There were no, there were no speakers. Um, they kind of wanted to make the players uncomfortable, and they were preaching, and they have been preaching since basically the start of the season. Control what you can control. Worry about yourself. Don't worry about the outside factors. Worry about this team. I mean, we don't know what it's going to be like. They don't know what it's going, what the weather's going to be like. They don't want the crowd's going to be like. They don't want anybody to worry about it. They want them to worry about themselves, and that's been the message for this week. As much as the message was last week was, "Hey, we weren't good enough against Ole Miss. We need to be better. If we're going to do what we want to do, we have to be better." The message this week is control what you can control. Is the is the message by taking the music away that it's going to be a very quiet environment at South Alabama? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I think maybe they just were trying to make guys a little uncomfortable. Too. How does like in the grand scheme of things, though, I'm not buying that. Like, how does taking away music mean oh, man. they're going to be uncomfortable? It's a big football guy thing. It's you're in a you're in a set environment for so long. They've been doing this since the beginning of August, probably even longer. These guys have have a set practice time. They have things they're used to, and if one thing is off, they're probably going to be a little uncomfortable. And they wanted these guys to be uncomfortable because they're not used to practicing without this blaring music. Like that is too loud for even the guys on the field. That I guess that's pro- probably part of it. But I, I generally agree with you. Not I don't think it. It, I, it. I don't think it's a huge. It's a football guy thing. <laughs> not, yeah, not buying it. Not buying it for a second. Don't think that that really matters. Uh, I mean, it's a nice thought. I get. I suppose, but in general, like taking the music away in my opinion, might make you even more focused than before. So I don't see how that's supposed to make – like if, if I wanted my team to be uncomfortable, I might switch some positions around or – Well, you can't do that. I, do something to keep them on their toes. Change the routine even. That's what but, they're doing. They're changing the routine. The routine but is – The music is not the routine. The music is the background noise that I, I suppose is part of the atmosphere. But it's not the routine. How is the music the routine? I'm just telling you what I was told today at practice. I'm I'm the messenger, and you're you're shooting the messenger, and you're not supposed to do that. Why are you I'm, doing I'm that? Not, I'm not doing. You're that. mad at me. I'm you're calling, yelling at me. I'm not mad at you. I'm calling BS on this. This is gonna change. This is gonna make them uncomfortable. I'm calling BS. I generally, I, I think that probably those those things are taken too seriously. Sometimes I think that they buy into those things, but they really, when you buy into this philosophy, this idea 
of control what you can control. I mean, they've really bought into a lot of these things and it may not mean anything to us, but it certainly means something to them or it seemed like it did today. So what do we need to be worried about? Or Memphis fans need to be worried about when it comes to South Alabama. When it they comes, they played to Nebraska decently close. Nebraska's if you bad. Go transitive property here, like you did with Ole Miss. Nebraska had to score, I think it was three defensive touchdowns to win that game. Um, so theoretically, you could say, "Oh man, South Alabama's defense could be pretty good." They gave Martinez problems. They gave Nebraska some serious issues. Maybe they're going to do some things. Maybe they could cause some problems. They've got a really good running back and Trey Minter. Uh, their quarterback is thrown more interceptions than he has touchdowns this season though that's an issue um I, I don't I think Memphis wins this game easily I'm just not a big believer maybe I could be wrong is there a line out on this game I yet? think it somebody told me 21 but I have not checked 21 so you think so you're going cover huh yeah I mean I think they probably like it could be a lot like what we saw last year in South Alabama where they kind of stay close for a little bit then Memphis pulls away in the end I'd be shocked if, like, Kenneth Gainwell was playing in the fourth quarter. I mean, they only put up 37 points against Jackson State. They they turned the ball I'm over. I'm going the opposite way. I think it's going to be close. Uh, I think it's going to be not not for the whole game, but closer than – it's going to be – you want to talk about uncomfortable. I think it'll be an uncomfortable first half. Have you watched South Alabama? Because I've watched South Alabama. I've I I saw bits and pieces of the Nebraska highlights. I'm going to – it has nothing to do with watching South Alabama or not. I think that they're going to be – it's going to be a sleepy, boring no. atmosphere down there, and with no music. This is going uh, potentially <laughs> this for me for some reason, and I'm not saying that they're going to get upset like they did at Tulane, but this just has the boring Saturday night game, no eyes on them. Two thirty game, sort of, or well, Saturday afternoon game with no eyes on them. That makes me think that for some reason that it's going Here's to be problem. a little uncomfortable, and then they they will figure it out. And uh, Memphis, and I mean, win. people people like to bring up this two lane game, and it bothers me because Memphis was missing a lot of their defensive players in that two lane game. They left people at home. They left people they needed at home. Great, people they didn't still didn't play. play good. No, they didn't That's play well. The they didn't. They were missing half their defense. Like. You take away any – most teams, you take away half their defense, they don't play, I mean, you're going to have problems. Like, uh, like people were gone from that game. I mean, I think you do have the big injury with Patrick Taylor. O'Brien Goodson, I think, as they said, he's going to be evaluated throughout the week. I think he'll probably travel. He may play. He'll probably see some snaps. Not as heavy as he used to, but – He'll probably worked in there, but you're not you're not as hurt as you were. I mean, that's what I'm not, bothers me. Look, I'm not saying that this is going to be the Tulane. I'm not trying to compare Tulane last year in South Alabama. I'm, I am trying to compare the atmospheres of the two games and sort of how it will be if they if they feel like sleepwalking, it will happen on Saturday. Because South Alabama is going to turn the boring. South Alabama will turn the ball over three times. Memphis will win by two touchdowns. That's my that's my official. So no cover. Jonah Jordan prediction. No, so no cover. No cover. No cover. I'm feeling two touchdowns, maybe garbage time something. See, two touchdowns running. to me isn't – I mean, that's not really a, a blowout of any sorts. Like, I don't a, think a two-touchdown game could mean that it's one score at halftime, which is basically it will ne- I don't think this to- game will ever be in doubt. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think we'll ever sit there and be like, mm, Memphis could lose. I think we're always going to be like, oh, they're up two touchdowns. Yeah, I think we're touchdowns. going into this game thinking that. I don't like I like I said I don't think this is an upset but I think this has overlooked written all over it. Memphis gets the bye week next week like we said. Then they get some rest and relaxation before Navy. Navy fun fact has only played 
I think it's one game this season. They had their one game, a bye. They played this weekend. Then they have another bye, and then they play Memphis. So they have their two byes in the first four weeks of the season. Before Memphis, they will be have only played two games. Are you a fan of that? I don't think I'm a fan of that. No. Uh, the early buys, I, I don't want an early buy because I want the buys before the big games down the stretch. Like I think that other teams have planned that out very well. Like it, the at least the big time programs, they all take a break right before they play their final rivalry games and go into their conference championship games. It would be nice for Memphis to have that break then instead. If I could choose anywhere on Memphis's schedule. Uh, I believe what is Houston the second or third to last game? Uh, I think it's the so it goes Houston, South Florida, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. See, I would want I would want that break well, you know either before Cincinnati, huh? They have two bye weeks now. Right, right, and I would want I would want a break either before Cincinnati or I would want a break uh, right after Houston and before USF. Mm-hmm. Ideally, that that's where I want at least one of my bye weeks to be. Well, and this is just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by FedEx. Possibilities. What we deliver by delivering. Drew, how are you going to spend your bye week? I know how I'm spending my bye week. You're going to be out of town. You're going out of town. How are you going to get 1% better, as Mike Norvell would say, during your bye week? Which, what do you mean? During the Memphis bye week? The Memphis bye week. I'm going to be down in Tuscaloosa with you. My guy. That's that's later. That's later. Oh, that's you're later. talking about this, this next this first next bye week. Oh, the first bye. Well, this weekend I'm going out of town. And then, finally. Uh, yeah, Get rid of you for I'm a week. I'm finally taking a vacation. And then uh, next week, I don't know. I'm going to spend it watching uh, Penny Hardaway's recruiting moves. Yep. Chess pieces all over the place. What a segue. We're so good at this. <laughs> so there's some recruiting going on, especially while you're gone. Terrence Clark. Uh, who else? Who else is on the board? I know Terrence Clark's probably the biggest one. He's pretty, a, everybody who's Memphis has even mentioned is is pretty much in the has some sort of news going on with them right now. Uh, well, we we can start with what they did yesterday. They started uh, with the in home visit with Chris Moore. Obviously, the new recruiting period started yesterday, so there's a lot going on, and there will be for the next three weeks. Um, so started with Chris Moore. Uh, Tony and Penny were there. I uh, was you know, talking to his brother and Chris yesterday and they said it all went great and um, it's awesome. I would be, I think that in in terms of Chris, he could be, there's a, there's a decent chance he could be the first guy to commit to Memphis. He's going to commit early. It's going to be a matter of. Uh, Keeping Arkansas away. That was always no, what I thought. I mean, yes, but like they, Chris is a great player and there's always room for Chris. Like I had somebody, uh, reply to me in my mentions and we'll get into my, my Twitter mentions in a second about recruiting, but, um, and ask if they take two other guards, is there going to be space for a guy like Chris Moore? And there's always going to, in my opinion, based off of what Chris does, because he's a tweener, he's not really a guard and he's not really a forward. Uh, I think that there's, is going to be space and he's a, a good four year player. In my opinion, he's was a third team, all EYBL guy, which means, that they deemed him one of the 15 best players on the EYBL circuit this year, which is pretty impressive. Um, and I think that I think that there's a good chance that he could be the first guy to how, commit to Memphis. How serious is the Kentucky thing with him? I don't think it's uh, I don't I mean not as serious as Memphis or Arkansas at this point. I think Memphis, Memphis, Arkansas, Iowa State, Ole Miss are probably yeah the areas where you should be looking for him. 
mainly Memphis and Arkansas. Uh, they were the two that made him a big priority yesterday and came and saw him. Arkansas went in the afternoon um, to visit him. And then after that, the Memphis staff went to go see Greg Brown in Texas. Whole staff was down there. Whole staff. Yeah. Big, obviously, that's a very big one. It's it's going to probably come down to Texas and Memphis. That's unsurprising that they went to Greg Brown because he's a big time priority. He's the other guy. Like he he's him. It's him, Jalen Green, everybody else. It yeah. He like. well, the way that I feel about it is, and Jalen Green, I'm sure he he's keeps everything very close to himself. Very close. And I don't know if we'll ever get news that Memphis went out and did an in home visit, but I think it's safe to assume that they will at some point yeah. during this recruiting. Uh, period. Go see Jalen Green. Those are the two big guys. Those are the guys that they were telling some of the outside recruits. You know, we feel really good about getting these guys. And those are the guy. Those are the two players that, if you were able to land them, other people are going to want to go play with. And they give you a chance to sort of build around them and, and build another top three, top five recruiting class. Again, I think it's going to be. Really hard at this point to get to number one again. Kentucky's just stacking players. Kentucky is stacking, and they they are in good position for a lot of uh, good guys. I think that there's a good chance that they could get Terrence Clark to commit this weekend, which all in all may not be a bad thing for Memphis because maybe that means that they have a better shot at Jalen Green. A lot of the national recruiting analysts will tell you that they don't see Jalen Green and Terrence Clark playing at the same school. Yeah. So – um, maybe that's a blessing in disguise if Terrence Clark ends up at Kentucky. Helps Memphis a little bit with Jalen Green. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I think that Jalen, the biggest opponent to Memphis with Jalen Green is whichever school can get Josh Christopher and then try and convince Josh Christopher and Jalen Green to play uh, with each other. Obviously, Josh Christopher is another five-star guard. Yep. Oregon is a school that's after both of those guys. Um, I know Kentucky wants both of those guys. I well, think Kentucky can't have they want, <laughs> I know. They, it, it seems like that, right? Which is why if they get Terrence Clark, then it makes it extremely difficult for them. Um, but I think that Jalen Green and Josh Christopher, when you I, when I was around them in Peach Jam, like they're always joking. They're hanging out a lot. I think there's a good chance that they may end, they battled each other in one game, that they may end up at the same school. So maybe that's – Memphis's biggest opponent yeah. for for Jalen Green. So the the question about scholarships comes up a bunch, and I really don't think we're going to know how many scholarships I'll, they have I'll, to fill. I'll, I'll guess right now. I, I think they'll have at least four. At least four. At least. So four. okay, let's go with four. Say you have four, and that's not that's that's an educated guess based I got off you. of what I've okay. been told. Yeah. Um, okay. Say you have four. I think Chris Moore, Jalen Green, Greg Brown. Who's that fourth? Who's that fourth guy? Because we hear about the Chris Moore, Jalen Green, Greg Brown. Who would be that fourth guy? Because these three names are brought up a lot, but there's not really a fourth guy. Terrence Clark was mentioned, but it'll be a big. I mean, they they're gonna have to have some sort of replacement for James Wiseman. Whether it's Cliff, um, I w- I will totally screw up his name. Omarui, I believe, is the is the correct pronunciation. Um, whether it's him, I know that they're they're planning on visiting him. Adam Zagoria put that out there. Whether it's Dawson Garcia, Isaiah Todd, I think there are several other options. Isaiah Todd is another guy that they're going to visit later this week. Um, any uh, so any twenty twenty one guys that could reclass besides Terrence Clark because reclassing's all the rage these days. I mean. Uh, you don't want to jump to conclusions. Obviously, yeah. there's a big 2021 <laughs> guard now in town, Musa Cisse, which, oh, by the way, we got to go back. 
there's a guy uh, around town who is constantly messaging everybody, replying to everyone's tweets. Every Memphis. He didn't do it with me. I know, but he's like Musa Cisse. G- can you give us an update on Musa Cisse? We want to know. Give him an update. This on is Musa specifically for him. I talked to Musa Cisse's coach last night. I was going to maybe write a story, but the family uh, wants to keep it. Uh, about basketball right now. Got to focus Cisse. on the basketball. He just moved to town. Here's what I'll say about Musa Cisse, though. Uh, he was seen on Instagram very recently uh, hanging out. I mean, he's around Precious, been around Precious Achua a lot. Lester Quinones was there, too. Been around Lester Quinones a lot from New York. Also also knows uh, it's, his, it's Musa Cisse's birthday today. Happy birthday. Actually, so happy birthday to Musa Cisse. Um, and Shane Denoli, who was the coach of both Lester Quinones and um, Precious Achua, messaged him a happy birthday and had a picture of all of them together in New York. So I think that the chances of Memphis getting Musa Cisse based off of that are looking pretty good. He's You're got a lot up. of Memphis influence right now, and I think that that's probably a good thing for yeah, the Tigers. everything's looking up. I mean, so, his, his presence helps the basketball scene locally, too. Even if he doesn't go to Memphis – it helps the scene, you know, because it's been 2020 is a little bit of a down year, especially with Morell out. But now you've got guys like Moose Cisse, Jalen Brown, uh, Jonathan Lawson. You've got to, you're it's going to be a fun year for basketball, right? Fun well, two years. I, I agree. The other one, the other big is Matty Sissoko. He's committing tonight, actually. Call I, your shot. I think it's going to be Michigan State. I think that's what everybody has basically said. I'm not super plugged in on Maddie Sissoko, but that's well, what the national okay. analysts have said. So, Natalie, we're going to win. If Drew is wrong, we're going to cut up that audio and we're going to play it next on next week's show. She's giving me double thumbs up. Double thumbs up. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't know why. I, I'll, I'll go ahead and predict Terrence Clark to Kentucky, too. So oh, if you're wrong, I'm gonna, just going to heckle you. Uh, well, I mean, it's not. it wouldn't be the first time I've ever been wrong, but I would hope that I'm correct. I think I think I'm going to be correct. You think? I feel everyone good. thinks they're going to be correct. I feel good about my predictions. Oh, Natalie's noted it and everything. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna slack you her tonight. You turned the heat up on me, man. I didn't. I never even asked you about. So, all right, I never even asked you. Is Memphis going to the Cotton Bowl? Like, what are we gonna Are we gonna turn that heat up on me? Absolutely. I'll answer any question you throw at me. Is Memphis going to the Cotton Bowl? Depends on Boise State. Probably right now. I would say they're probably going to have the second best bull bid that they can possibly get because Boise State just looks really good. Uh, they got to get their offense together. Maybe if Boise State loses a game that they're not supposed to, I don't know. But Memphis, I could see ten and two, eleven and one. I'm not buying that the offense is terrible. I'm not buying it. I'm not. You can get that away from me. Like I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, the offense is a disaster after you played one game against Ole Miss. Well, anyway, back to. Basketball recruiting, the which, is all, which is all the rage. I've been right going now. on the Jeff Calkin show long enough for the Look, heat. I'm used to the heat. He'll ask me. He'll ask you anything. No, and I agree. I agree. But I mean, someone has to hold you responsible when you have terrible takes, like the Southern band sucks or whatever you I said. I did not last say week. that. Okay, that we're just getting off a, topic. That's just a tear. Can you just admit that you were wrong? Can you admit that you were wrong and that the Southern band was awesome last week? I was I wasn't paying attention. They were rude. I heard they were really rude to people. You guys, you guys are. I I should. I we should ban both of you guys from this podcast room because There's more of us than you. I well, in general, people loved the Southern Band and they were awesome. It was fine. So, I had no. Yes. Okay. okay. We can all agree that the Southern Band was great and that Jonah's take that all marching bands suck is a bad one. All right. Drew's getting out of town. 
that will wrap things up for today. Remember to listen to next week's podcast. You can follow Drew on Twitter at Drew Hill underscore DM and me at underscore Jonah Jordan. You can find the Daily Memphian podcast, which are powered by the OAM Network, anywhere you find your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We deliver tickets, team merchandise, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.